Welcome to Dear Empath with Gus Baxter. On this weekly podcast, we discuss all things personal, spiritual, and professional growth and break down these philosophies into everyday language we can all understand. Let's walk on this journey together. On today's episode, I want to talk about frustration. One of the most common descriptions of the last year has been, I'm doing what I can to keep myself and my family safe, but I'm so frustrated. I myself spent about a week in the beginning of this month trapped in my own frustration. This cycle around COVID burnout, feeling left behind, and feeling trapped inside while others are having fun outside. Despite how common this feeling of frustration is, as an empath, I was left wondering where it came from. It's easy to understand someone when they say, I feel frustrated, but what does that really mean? Where does this emotional response come from? Today you will learn about this commonly expressed emotion and the underlying emotions that fuel this state, how to identify them, and how to start to heal them. The emotional exploration of frustration is going to pull on information and skills found in the Empath series. Check out episodes 4, 5, and 6 to learn about the emotional states of anger, sadness, and fear, and the messages that can be found there. Listen to episode 8, titled Empathic Living, Three Internal Skills, to learn about the internal skills you can start practicing today to strengthen your emotional intelligence and create a more positive mental landscape. We will be referencing the information in these episodes today. All of these episodes are under 15 minutes and can be worthwhile to revisit if you need a refresher. Frustration is a word that describes a broad range of experiences. I'm frustrated can mean that you are upset at a lack of movement in your personal or professional life. It can mean that an expectation is not being met. It can represent a lack of fulfillment that can grow more intense as this fulfillment is continued to be blocked or denied. Frustration is a ubiquitous, cross-cultural experience that affects everyone. Merriam-Webster defines frustration as a feeling of anger or annoyance caused by being unable to do something. Something that causes feelings of anger and annoyance. The fact of being prevented from succeeding or doing something. It's clear this emotion is linked to a lack of action. You can't do something that is important to you. Anger and annoyance seem to play a role here as well. Think about the last time you were frustrated. How did you feel? Angry? Sad? Upset? Did you sulk around? Did you turn to food or alcohol to take the edge off? With a little exploration, these experiences can become clues that lead us deeper, underneath this initial experience, to the emotions that drive frustration. Let's call frustration a surface-level experience. This means that this common experience hides deeper emotions that act as the drivers. Because this experience is so common, You may have never been taught to look deeper into frustration. You just accept it as it is, 
understand how annoying it is, and then you magically move on. If you take some time to dissect this experience and understand what emotion is driving each instance of frustration, you will have a wealth of information to heal yourself and resolve this experience. You deserve to feel at peace, generally, each day. Emotions should be means of communication and understanding, not states of being that rule your daily experience. One of the most classic drivers of frustration is anger. When you are denied your goals, you get angry. When you set up expectations that are not met, you get angry. This kind of frustration can involve very physical feelings of anger. You spend all day trying to fix your Wi-Fi and it still doesn't work, with little to no help from your ISP. By this time, you're ready to rip out your router and set it on fire. Maybe you tell your partner, hey, make sure you're ready by 7, and they're just getting into the shower at 6.50. Leaving without them may be the kindest thought running through your head in this pretend situation. Anger is a wonderful emotion that tells us that a boundary has been broken. You have set a boundary, a clearly defined expectation, and that has been broken, disrespected, or not met. When this transgression becomes a regular occurrence, this anger can transform into frustration. No matter how many times you are trying to fix a situation or get someone to respect your boundaries, you are left shattered and disrespected. Not only is anger showing you the boundaries that are not being met, but this frustration is alerting you to the cycle of powerlessness you're in. The powerful questions to ask of this anger-fueled frustration are, what boundary must be enforced? What boundary needs to be restored? And, what reflex must be set? Reflex is a special word here. A reflex is generally a response to an action that can be conscious or unconscious. In this instance, a reflex is a response to a repeated action, and the focus is on you. The reflex acts as a stopper for this cycle of activity. It creates a new path for you to follow and breaks this frustration. When working to fix the Wi-Fi, ask yourself, what boundary must be enforced? What boundary needs to be restored? You purchased wireless internet from company X for X amount of dollars a month, and the expectation, the boundary that needs to be restored, is that it works without issue. When it doesn't work, your internet provider needs to fix it as soon as possible, the boundary that needs to be enforced. Your reflex can be, after two hours, I'm taking myself out to dinner and enjoying some time away from the house. Follow through, and at two hours, hang up the phone, put down the wires, and leave. A reflex isn't meant to punish someone or to get back at someone for breaking your boundary. Instead, a reflex is a powerful trigger for you to break your own cycle of frustration and take control of your emotional state. There are times when being frustrated is a lot easier to handle than fear. Wading through the feelings of being stuck or lacking the tools needed to fulfill your expectations leads to the feelings of frustration. Here, you are looking for information. You want answers about the unknown. 
These answers are either unavailable or those that you are close to just don't know. Fear-based frustration can be fickle, as fear tends to be, because it can represent both unanswered questions and unknowable truths. Waiting for a doctor to return your calls regarding the lab results of a recent test is terrifying. You are sitting in limbo waiting to hear the news. This fear translates quickly to feeling frustrated. It's much easier for our minds to manage the frustration and focus on how you can't get any answers than the fear that sits just below the surface. Then there's the frustration of the unknown. You want to quit your job, but you're unsure of what to do next. Could you survive a few months without work? What are you going to do next? What if you can't find another job? These questions don't have distinct answers. They are somewhat unknowable. You won't know until you've taken action. In order to mask the fear and powerlessness that you feel, your mind covers it up with frustration over your current situation. Fear is easily the most misunderstood emotion. Fear is alerting you to change. It is an expression of our natural intuition and instincts. Treat fear like a universal stop sign. It forces you to slow down or even stop what you're doing and take an objective look around. Rushing will get you nowhere, at least nowhere good. When you are in fear-based frustration, ask yourself, what is my intention? What actions do I need to take? What information do I need? When you're waiting for the doctor to return your calls, ask yourself these questions. Your intention may be to catch any kind of disease early. What information do you need right now? Well, the doctor's phone call. So what actions do you need to take? Fear doesn't react to time. There's no telling fear. We just have to wait. But you, as the independent and powerful empath that you are, have the authority to acknowledge the messages coming from fear and acknowledge the limitations of your current position. By focusing on where you are and what you have available to you right now versus what you wish you had, what actions can you take? What opportunities do you have available to you right now? Maybe you decide to reach out to family or friends or even some Facebook groups and ask about other people's experiences. Explore in a healthy non-WebMD manner to educate yourself and prepare as best you can. When facing the unknown, ask yourself the questions of fear-based frustration. What is your intention? Is it getting a new job? Or are you currently focused on leaving your current position? Be honest with yourself. What information do you need? Start with a budget. How much do you spend per month on average? How much do you have in the bank? Do you have a secondary source of income? Tally up these numbers and compare. Is it possible to survive for a short time between jobs, even with some strict budgeting? Whether the answer is yes or no, what actions would you take in this pretend situation? Sadness is your body's internal message to start again. It is showing you what is not working, how you can let go of it, and move on even stronger. When that message to let go becomes overwhelming 
or when you refuse to listen. Sadness can transform into frustration. You may want to change a situation or to change parts of yourself. But this change doesn't come for free. Something has to be released, to be let go of, in order to make room for what's to come. This can be a physical thing, letting go of a person or a job. Or it can be intangible, like letting go of a specific belief about how the world works, or a certain expectation you have. Sadness-fueled frustration can be present when you don't want to let go. You feel that you just can't, or you may feel that you're not strong enough to let something go. Now you're stuck in this situation, unable to move forward, but still holding that desire for something new. For sadness-fueled frustration, ask yourself, what must be released? What new inspiration do I need? There could be a job you're holding on to, unable to let it go. Even though it may be your time to leave and move on, you don't feel strong enough to start the process and move through those feelings of loss and mourning. So you hold on to it, becoming more and more frustrated that you're not being fulfilled or satisfied. What must be released? It's time to face the facts and move on. If letting go of or quitting this job feels too extreme, break it down to smaller steps. What's the very first thing you can do to start this process? Maybe that involves collecting all pertinent information you need to keep records for future employers. Get those records in order. What's next? What new inspiration do you need? What gets you excited about the prospect of a new job or new career opportunity? Challenge yourself to go to a networking event and meet other professionals in your area. Explore local or online classes and see where your passion leads you. Sadness-fueled frustration can be rooted in personal belief. You may think, no matter what I do, I just can't lose weight. Sadness is telling you to release that belief and find new inspiration. But you can't fathom any other truth than that. The cycle of frustration builds on itself, and when you do work out, and nothing changes, that only strengthens this belief that no matter what you do, you can't lose weight. The belief that you can never lose weight is called a limiting belief. It is not true, and it holds you back from your full potential. Work to let that go. What inspiration do you need? Join a fitness group. Connect with a personal trainer. But take your time to find specific people that connect with exactly where you are and what your goals are. I promise that you are not the only one battling with these thoughts. Be open to the stories of other people and celebrate their success. That is where inspiration lies. Now that we've explored the drivers of frustration, let's walk through how to use this information. Journal about it. You are starting to learn the language of your own emotions, and journaling gives you a space to capture everything you're experiencing. After some time, you will learn what your triggers are, what certain feelings mean to you, and how you experience these vibrant and different emotions. Journaling gives your emotions, thoughts, and experiences 
a place to live outside of your own head. This is your private space to write down anything that is going on in your life. No one will read it. You don't even have to read it once you're done writing. You are creating physical distance between yourself and your thoughts by writing. Thoughts and feelings are now concrete things. You can pick up the paper and hold it. This distance allows for more objective thought. You can analyze these experiences once they're out of your head and in the world. Journaling forces you to slow down. When you write, your hand can only move so fast, so your brain needs to compensate by slowing down and being more deliberate with each thought. This practice is akin to meditation and can help you find a sense of calm. Journaling does not have to be like Dear Diary. Get creative. Make a mind map. Create lists or bullet points. Sketch out your ideas as pictures. Journaling is a practice, and you control what it looks like. Take time to journal about your experiences in frustration. In the beginning, run through all of the questions related to the three states of emotion. Ask yourself the questions relating to anger. How does it fit? Where does it lead you? Ask yourself the questions relating to fear. What comes up for you? Ask yourself the questions related to sadness. What do you think you need to release? Over time, you will learn your personal language and the nuances between these different emotions. You won't have to run through all of the questions, and you'll be able to pinpoint what emotion is driving this state of frustration and how to resolve it. A state of frustration can cause us to get caught up in our own thoughts. Spending time with a close friend can be a powerful remedy. When you engage friends like this, set some ground rules. In coaching, we call this designing the session. This means that you state what you're interested in getting in the beginning of the conversation, so both parties know what the rules are. For example, you might say to your friend, Thanks for spending some time with me. I'm feeling so frustrated and I just want to talk about it. I am not looking for any solutions, but I do want you to listen and ask questions to help me get to the bottom of this. Be honest about what you need. You can reach out to a professional. I am here to help you understand these experiences and learn from them. Together, we can uncover the underlying emotions that drive this state of being, connect with the messages there, and integrate them into your life. I will show you, firsthand, how to develop these skills within yourself. We all experience and express emotions differently, and you will learn your specific emotional language. How does frustration manifest in your life? What are your go-to coping mechanisms? The next time you feel frustrated, take some time to sit with yourself and self-explore. Ask yourself these powerful questions and uncover what's driving your frustration. This is yet another step on your amazing journey of self-discovery. I am so proud of you. Talk to you next week. Dear Empath with Gus Baxter is a product of Atlas Readings, LLC. You can find out more information at www.atlasreadings.com 
or at patreon.com slash atlasreadings.